Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. Hallelujah. First Timothy chapter 5 verse 23. I want to start with a prayer. This is a prayer. This is a prayer. Hmm. Oh my God. This is a prayer. Everybody read First Thessalonians. Did I say Th- Timothy? First Thessalonians, I beg your pardon. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23. Everybody read together. One, two, go. Now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. Can you say loud amen? Amen. That's a prayer. That's a prayer. That the God of peace will sanctify you. How? You see, you have to take note of the operative word there. He will sanctify you completely. And then he goes on to tell you what he means by complete sanctification. He says, may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Can you say spirit, soul, and body? Say it again. Say spirit, soul, and body. Listen, true salvation is complete salvation. The man in Christ is a total man. He's a total man. God quickens his spirits, renews his mind, and then gives him a new body when Christ comes. He's a total man. So in your consciousness, you must embrace the mentality of totality in salvation. That the power of God will touch every aspect of your life in an efficacious way. Please say loud, amen. amen. You know, I've been casting out devils for a long time. My notoriety in the other realm is, has been long. You, you get what I'm saying? Long. I was an undergraduate when they said they watched me from India. You get what I'm saying? It had, it had caught their attention. Because then, maybe in a week, I'll cast out demons from seven people as an undergraduate. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So by the time I was graduating, you understand? You know, one said, Jesus, we know, Paul, we know, Emmanuel, we know. You know, glory be to God. But what I'm saying is, I learned something very powerful. Especially recently. That when it comes to total and wholesome deliverance, that spiritual activity is the beginning but not the end. Are you listening to me? You know, some people, you know, one of the ways that God speaks to me is through divine coincidences. All right? And so in one day, two people asked me if I had watched one video. And the video was not new. It was an interview of someone who used to be a witch doctor. I don't watch stuff like that. Because they, many of them lie. Do you understand? But it turned out this one was profound. For many reasons. Because it was word-centered and so many things. And this guy used to be a warlock. And, you know, he talked about how part of his initiation, even after his initiation, the demons wanted to have more hold on him. And the only way they could do it, the people who were going to initiate him, part of the things they did was to abuse him sexually and sodomize him. So there was a time he was sick in the hospital and we're talking about very high profile courts. So very likely the owner of the hospital was their guy. So they left and a lot of the guys in his sick state. You know, so the reason that happens, and I've seen it many times. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Like I told you, I've interacted with demons 
first and foremost, they hate you just for being a human. Are you listening to me? They hate you. Because there is a sense of jealousy as though God gave to you the preference that they thought should belong to them. Are you listening to this? I will never, I can tell you stories upon stories. I was about to cast out the demon, you know, just in a moment of grief. Screamed. Screamed at the clouds. You know, I said, why do you love them so much? From deep-seated pain, why do you love them so much? <laughs> oh, Lord. Are you done? Oh, yeah, butter. <laughs> <laughs> and so, everything that can make you feel less human is their goal. That's why they like to inflict, not just with sickness, but particularly types of sickness that affect your beauty. I'm telling you. There was a guy... When the demons entered him, he had about 100 boils on his body. Can, can you imagine that? It means almost everywhere there was skin, he had boil. There was a lady. The demonic oppression affected her skin. She was darker. Listen, dark is beautiful. You've seen my wife, right? You know, so dark is beautiful. Nothing wrong with that. But... It looked like a skin condition. We cast out demons from her in the morning. I was passing her in the evening. She greeted me and said, She said, You prayed for me in the morning. I screamed. Ah! Even bleaching cream does not work this fast. <laughs> what happened? I said, You are lighter. She said, They've been telling her since morning. Hey! It seeks to cover people's beauty. And then most importantly, the, the one they like is the mind. Can I tell you something? If you cast out demons from someone, as long as the person's soul is injured, they have an inroad, they can come back. They can come back. Because there is a level of negativity in your, in your thoughts that creates a pattern for oppression. It's an infrastructure for oppression. So listen, they wanted to take that guy deeper into the occult. And so to do that, they needed to defile his mind more. Make him feel worthless. Give him injuries in the soul. And that's why I'm starting with this. Let me tell you why I'm part of the reason I'm starting with this. Because, you know, I probably like doctrine more than you. But you see, some people, because of their love for doctrine, they undermine teaching things like the ones we are doing. And it's a lie of the devil. We like to pretend. We like to deceive ourselves. Some of us here are not, are not doing okay. We're trying. And fundamentally, we know who we are in Christ. But we know we can be better. The things people are going through, I'll never forget, I was talking to a man of God. He came to my office. And I was asking him questions about his marriage. He said, in three years marriage, he has not had sex with his wife once. Did you hear what I said? Ah. I said, hey, Muchi, don't come again. What is that? He said, no. Why? What happened? She had trauma when she was a child. So even in marriage... The moment he tries to touch her, she sees that person. And now, this man of God has tried, you know, he has been patient, no show. These are real issues. Let me tell you something. Complete deliverance, that's God's plan. Don't forget what I said. He quickens the soul, renews the mind, and then ultimately a new body. Hallelujah. If you have key leg, don't worry. A new body is coming. If God wants to surprise you, the new body will just come like this. You say, God, really? Really? Here again? 
I'm just joking. But God does have a sense of humor. Imagine he just still brings it to, to test you. To see. You see your new body coming like this. I say, I'm joking, I'm joking. This is it. Please, I hope you have a sense of humor. Hallelujah. So understand that what we're talking about is actually very serious. Very serious. Very serious. Very, very. If you've pastored people, you know these things are big issues. If you've had any, any decent experience in pastoring, you know people are going through a lot. So this is very serious. You know, let me ask you this. Just imagine Mary, the mother of Jesus, had one satanic relative that defiled her as a child. Just imagine. I'll tell you one thing for sure. She will still maybe grow up, um, discover who she is in Christ, grow in her confidence and everything. But I tell you one thing for sure. According to prophecy, the person who will carry the Messiah must be a virgin. Must be a virgin. So that's, that's just that. That's just an, a simple illustration. These things matter. These things go a long way. Hallelujah. Make no mistake, grace gives us a chance. Amen, somebody. Come on, I said grace gives us a chance. And so the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 12, a powerful text. In verse 2, it says, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Hallelujah. Everybody read it together. One to go. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And listen, mind renewal comes primarily through the word of God because the word of God remains final authority. Amen. Uh, that's our frame of reference. That's our perspective. The, the world lens that we have. The perspective through which we see the world. But I want to let you know this. That sometimes even God, to help Abraham see and grasp the, magni the magnitude of the assignment that he has for him, he calls him out in the cool of the day to say, look at the stars. Look at the stars. That let me tell you something. There are things in nature and in experience that can be used to renew your mind. I'm, are you listening to what I'm saying? That can be used to renew your mind. Look at the stars. So, for Abraham, Abraham needed to conceive size. Conceive size. So, primarily from the word of God, but then, for some of us, by healthy exposure, the reason I'm saying this is this. If you have emotional wounds, the word of God will play its part, but God must replace the negative relationships in your life. It must happen. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. And that's why I'm saying that there is a behavioral side, a behavioral science to transformation. A behavioral science. A behavioral science. It begins with knowing that God cares about the emotional aspect of your life. He does. I pray that the whole, your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless. It's his desire for a total man, a total woman. You know, when we talk here about El Roy, you know, we talk about it very, very often. God sees. But you see, the context is deeper than God just seeing. It is specifically this, that God sees when everyone else abandoned you. I mean, the context is very scary. Just think about this lady, Hagar. Her madam insisted that she must have an affair with her ogre just so that they can have a child. She didn't quite have a choice. That happened now. She has a child. And now, the same madam is making her feel miserable. How did she feel? It must have been hell in that house. But then it got worse. Now you have your own child. 
and then there is a battle for inheritance. You are saying the child that you insisted I have will fight your own child, and so I must be sent out. Now, think about this. She had to live with that baby out of the house without help, stranded in the wilderness. Listen, have you ever been stranded before? Can I tell you something respectfully? If you are Gen Z, you don't quite understand. Let me tell you something. Uh, yeah, yes, I said it. <laughs> because the way they were looking at me. <laughs> I can prove it to you. It's very simple. I mean, just imagine you wanted to go by public transport. And then you came down from the bus. You did like this. And discovered that there is no money. Do you realize today you have a lot of options? You can ask the person by your side, can I use your cell phone? Or maybe you have an ATM card and they just say, please drop me at the next ATM machine and I'll withdraw it. I'll give you your money. You have a lot of options. In the year, just imagine this happened year 2000. I'm sure you get the point now. So, time has passed. You have options. Things were different. That time, if your money lost, you are finished. I mean, conductor will beat you up. It's, just, it's, it's simple. You get beat up. Very simple. Put yourself in her shoes. The vulnerability. Newborn baby crying and might die. And you are in the wilderness. Logically, you know there's no way out. Either the baby dies or both of you die. And then just then, an angel shows up. Oh my God. You know, when I was stranded, what year was this? 2006. That was one of my angelic encounters. An angel show, I'm, that's what I'm telling you, Genesis. You don't understand. An angel needed to show up when I was stranded. Because if an angel did not show up, <laughs> he don't be. You understand? <laughs> and an angel showed up. And then the Bible says she called the name of the place Elroy. Amen, somebody. Listen. So, every time people who were meant to be there for you abandoned you. That is the real context of Elroy. They were supposed to be there for you. They were not. If you had a parent that was negligent, or maybe it was both of them, Elroy. Come on, are you with me? When the same people who were supposed to be your safe haven abused you, maybe sexually, not only does he see you, like we say, this is not cliche, it, this is prophetic. He will make a message out of your mess. Say loud, amen. amen. It's a very powerful thing to believe in God. He calls your faith more precious than gold in such a way that when you go through fire, it will bring a better version of you than you, never, than you ever anticipated. There is something about the texture of the human spirit eh, that makes us better when we face tribulation. That what the enemy meant for good will constantly, what the enemy meant for evil will constantly, constantly birth good. Say loud amen if you believe that. I know it's easier said than done, but I believe the word of God. Say loud amen. I've counseled people, I've heard horrible things. And whatever your own story is, he sees. You believe that? Thank him. Thank him for that. 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 Thank you, Jesus. The great healer. When he sanctifies, he sanctifies completely. 
your spirit, soul, and body. Thank you. Spirit, soul, and body. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name. You know, this is very personal to me. The first time I heard Elroy, I had not seen it in the Bible. I was a new convert praying, and God said, I heard Elroy. I see you. Hey, hey, my God. I'll never forget. I remember the time and place. He sees me. Can you say that with confidence? Say, He sees me. He sees me. Amen. You remember the story of Nathaniel? When Nathaniel saw Jesus, Jesus looked at him and said, Behold a man in whom there's no guile. You know, so he was amazed. You see me for the first time and you know me. And he said, Oh, you're impressed about that? I saw you under the fig tree. Now, this is one of the details we wish we had more of. It's just like when Jesus bent down and was writing on the floor. What was he writing? I wish we knew. And what does his handwriting look like? I, mean, I don't know. My, I don't know if your mind is as curious as mine. I mean, if I could just see the tablet of stone, let me see God's handwriting. How is Jesus' handwriting? Well, we don't know what it looks like. We don't know what he wrote. So, now, this was something everyone else was lost. But something deep happened between Jesus and Nathaniel. Because that victory meant something very deep and personal to him. Do you understand what I'm saying? No one else knew. Nathaniel knew. In fact, when Nathaniel heard this, he knew that this was the Messiah. There is no other way you would have known. And listen, there are many speculations. The Jews were known to go under a fig tree to pray, to have private devotions. So he must have gone under a fig tree to pour out his heart to the Lord, something private and personal. And here is a stranger, someone he was meeting for the first time, to say, I saw you. Come on, are you with me? I saw you. Nathaniel knew no one was there. I saw you under the fig tree. So whatever happened under that fig tree, we know that it was private and personal. It doesn't matter what your own fig tree is. That time of deep abandonment, you thought you were alone. And God says, I saw you. I was there. He may, talk, he may not have showed up the way you wanted him to, but I can guarantee you, he was there. And all things work together for good. To them that love God and to those who are the called according to his purpose. Say loud amen if you believe that. Come on, your amen can be more reassuring. Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So that's, that's, that's why when it comes to mind renewal, let me say this. When it comes to mind renewal, a lot of things must happen pari passo. You must have proper exposure and you must expose yourself to the word of God. Both must happen. If you've had abuse in relationships, one of the most powerful ways that God is going to bring you out of that is to give you healthy relationships. I'm telling you. It is one thing for you to discover in the word of God who you are. It is another thing for someone to treat you like who you are. Do you understand what I just said? It, it, it heals. It heals. And I can tell you one thing for sure. When your problem is highlighted, there is a kind of respite that you get. A deep connection. When Jesus says, I saw you under the fig tree. You know, in a sense, that's what prophetic gifts does. When you receive that word of knowledge, you just be like, God really sees me. You might have known it theologically. Do you understand what I'm saying? You've read it in the Bible. But when, it, when it's personal, I'm not alone. Happens all the time. I don't DM people. But last week, the Lord asked me, DM this celebrity. And if you know me, I like to protect my space and with due respect, my ego. You understand? Oh my God, this is mind-blowing. This celebrity had been talking to one of the church members saying, I'm going through this problem. You know, and the church member has been saying, don't worry. I will find a way to tell my pastor. 
so that he will talk to you. This, this, this. So she had said, she had made, made a mental note that she would talk to me on Sunday. Then here was I. I was praying. The Lord said, DM this lady and ask this question. So she called the church member immediately. Did you tell him? She said, no. She must have screenshot the DM and sent to her. I said, is, is, the, is your pastor prophetic? He said, oh, yes. <laughs> I've seen God do that many times. Many times. One of the most touching ones. I was coming to Dallas. The Lord had spoken to one lady. Said, I have called you and all of that. So, I don't know why she did that. If God has called you, he has called you. But she said, I will come for this conference. And I want God to tell this man of God to confirm it. <laughs> You know, so she came. I think the conference was two days or three days. I preached, I went. And she was disappointed because she traveled from far. Traveled from far from the conference. And then months after, I was going to preach somewhere. Praying about the conference. Lord, give me a word for the people in that conference. And the Lord says, DM this lady. I'm in Nigeria. DM this lady in the U.S. And I sent her a DM. I said, are you aware there's a call on your life? She dropped her phone and started crying. She said, she was, she sent a voice note, almost screaming, you won't believe this. This is what happened. And I kept saying, God, why? <laughs> I said, why was she? At least now you know. You didn't hear God, no man. Praise the Lord. But when you feel sin, maybe by, by prophetic gifts, but let me tell you something. You can also feel sin by knowledge, revelation. Revelation knowledge. It doesn't have to be prophetic. And both, even in the Bible, we see, oh my God, that in fact, Daniel, the Bible says he understood by books. Do you understand what I'm saying? And what he understood had the same prophetic weight as anyone who understood because God told them. He just read. And he brings things to light. How many of you did the attachment tests? How many of you did not do it? You don't know. Maybe you don't even know what I'm talking about. Don't worry. Wait for me. All right. So there is something called attachment styles. All right. Attachment styles. And let me tell you something. Okay, let me tell you what it is. A psychologist, I think Mary Ainsworth, discovered that the relationship a child has with his primary caregiver, either his mom or dad, the relationship a child has with his or her primary caregiver influences how the child makes decisions and build relationships in future. Well, her, her own research was with children specifically, and other people developed it and discovered that that same pattern goes on when you're an ad adult. So, for instance, if you, if you did not have present parents, there's a way it affects you. You may not know. You may not know. Have you seen children that had to be independent too early because their parents were not available they became adults at 11 at 10 at, they literally had to hustle for their daily bread because no one's going to do it for you and let me tell you something such children will not be normal they will be so strong they will feel very strong they are doing things on their own in fact they will brag about their achievements but, but it, it, you see, you lost your childhood. And you don't realize there's a problem until it is time to build relationships. You, you can't be intimate. Because you, 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 you see, you are built for war. That's why. <laughs> you don't want peace. 
always alert. Have, have you seen people who avoid all forms of physical touch? If you hug them, it's like they are melting, like ice cream that is, you put under sun. They, 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 can't, they can't handle it. Let me tell you something. If you do that test, all right? Listen, we have the whole year to teach the word of God. And so what we are doing is this. Oh my God, come on, are you with me? Let me explain what I'm doing. It is one thing for the Bible to say, husbands, love your wives. Guess what? Some people don't know what that means. Are you aware? When Jesus said, husbands, love your wives, don't think everybody knows what that means. Some people don't know. I paid house rent. There's food in the house. What are you, what, what are you, what are you saying? Are you aware there are men who think like that? See the switch. Light is coming on. Why are you crying? Especially African men. What else, do you, what else could you possibly need? So where is he? That is why I like the teaching ministry of Jesus. Jesus brought contexts, practical contexts, to biblical instructions. So when he says, if you bring your sacrifice to the altar, and there you remember that someone has ought against you, he says, go and drop it first. Are you getting what I'm saying? So for instance, you can hear a sermon on forgiveness, but you don't realize that your devotion is not supposed to continue in spite of unforgiveness. So when Jesus said, drop your sacrifice, go and make peace first. Now that's context. Because I can tell you one thing, from counseling people for years, some people don't know how to draw conclusions from simple biblical instructions. You'll be amazed. You know, one of the people was telling me, they were watching like this. Son's money fell on the floor. Another person, that's, people were coming to church. Yo. Son's money fell on the floor. Another person at the back picked it, entered church, you know, put it in the joined the worship. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, let me tell you something. Are you aware there are some people that just feel that's game now? You know Soji? Oh, you've not met people like that? Ah, eh. You too, why did your money drop? They are just... Uh, see, oh my God. You'll be amazed what... You'll be amazed what people don't know. Let me give you this example. Not that they told me I was there. There was a church I served that years ago. Someone came to share testimony. Said, I want to thank God. I was writing an exam and I did not know any of the questions. Any of them any of the questions. And I was thinking, God, is this how I will fail? I was praying, God, help me. She said, as God will have it. <laughs> yeah, testimony, huh? <laughs> True life story. I said, I was say, as God will have it, the vigilator slept off. said as God. Listen, it's one thing. Listen. It is one thing to believe God did it. It's another thing to believe it enough <laughs> to share the test. It means you believe I can't keep this to myself. People need to hear about this testimony. Jesus, yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, this, this, this one is Jesus here testament. People need to hear this. <laughs> You'll be surprised how clueless people are. So, I'm telling you, at least understanding why you are the way you are is a very important step to healing. The moment Nathaniel hears Jesus say, I saw you under the fig tree. Like, it's, it's diagnostic. Diagnostic. The problem is identified. 
healing can begin. Say loud, amen. So there are four attachment styles, and I'll run through them as quickly as possible. Time is gone. All right. So there is what is called the secure attachment. And people who have secure attachment are simply people who are comfortable with intimacy and can balance dependence and independence in relationships. All right. Now, uh, this, I can tell you one thing for sure. Are you with me? Time is fast spent, so I'm just going to rush through this. So secure attachments, they have healthy boundaries. Can you say healthy boundaries? Let me tell you something. One of the most important things that every human being must experience, you must have at least one person in your life that loves you unconditionally. I can't tell you how important it is. Let me tell you. Every child that is sent into the world and has not experienced unconditional love will be in trouble. When you know that there is someone in the world, no matter the mistake I've made, how bad, it doesn't matter the quagmire I find myself in. If I go to this person, the person will embrace me, will scold me, but will embrace me, correct me. You don't understand the kind of emotional strength and succor that that provides. And I want to tell you this. Your parents were meant to be that. They were meant to be. They were meant to be. You know, one, one thing I will never forget that my, you know, I was just passing and I, my, my mom was telling my older sister, she said, if you get pregnant, I'll be very disappointed, but I must be the first person to know. I said, wow. I was very young at the time, but I, I, I felt this is so powerful. This makes sense. She said, I must be the first person to know. Let me tell you something. When a child has experienced that, the level of strength and security, you, you can't deceive the person. Let me tell you something. There's a reason why people will be in abusive relationships and not want to leave. They, 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 I mean, they will call you all sorts of names, beat you up, you know, and all of that. It is because this unconditional love that we're talking about, you have not experienced it before. I have not experienced it before. You know, let me tell you this. One day I observed my wife's interaction with her parents and I now understood why she used to stress my life. I'm telling you. Because I think in a space of one hour, <laughs> her dad had pecked down the forehead twice. Huh. <laughs> That's why. Ah. You know me, I can't lose God now. I just, I just pretended I was, I was going to the kitchen as if it was spontaneous. I walked out, pecked my own tooth. Ah, what's, what's that? <laughs> God, oh. Cannot come on. <laughs> do you understand? And, and, and so when she's making demands, it's because, uh, do you understand? Where I'm coming from? Do you, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If you have secure attachments, eh, you have boundaries. And there is a level of accountability you would demand from your partner. That, no, I won't take this. This is minimum expectation. Are you getting what I'm saying? And if you don't have that, you must build it. I don't think it's too early to tell you the good news about all of this is that if you have a dysfunctional attachment, you can rebuild it. Are, are you listening to me? It has, been, it has been proven scientifically that our brain can regrow some cells and learn new ways to do things. You can learn new ways to do things. You can outgrow hurt. You can outgrow trauma. Yes, you can. Amen, somebody. And so people who have secure attachments, they mimic that security in their romantic relationships. They mimic it. And then next, you have preoccupied attachments. Preoccupied attachment, people who have this form of attachment, 
they are known to have low self-esteem and a negative view of themselves. Oh my God, I, I, I wish I could dwell on this. Let me tell you something. One of the most interesting things I've discovered. Are you listening to me? We were taught in science that lightning does not strike at the same place twice. But what is the scientific or mathematical, mathematical probability of a lady being raped twice or three times? I met a lady once who told me she had been raped three times in one life, one lifetime. And I want to tell you this with fear and trembling that, you know, there are things I have no mercy for. If you touch someone, no sentiment, whether you're a pastor or whoever, you, you, do you understand? You touch someone. Eh? God is working on my mind, but I don't think there's any punishment that will hear and say, ah, is it not too harsh? I don't If I read the news, they castrated me. Okay. I'm like, I'm like fair enough. There are some things that are absolute no-go areas. There are some things you do. I don't feel imprisonment is, is enough. They should do it to you too. But I'm born again, though. I'm just, it's my own renewed mind that is, it's just natural opinion. <laughs> Are you listening to me? But individuals with, pre, with preoccupied attachments, they're individuals who crave intimacy. They crave it. Crave intimacy. In and are overly dependent and demanding in relationships. It's caused by inconsistency, inconsistent responses from their caregivers. Caused by inconsistent responses from their, because of time, I'm going to read fast and then you can listen to it later. Inconsistent responses from their caregivers caused by uncertainty that caused uncertainty and anxiety. I read that again. It is caused by inconsistent responses from caregivers that caused uncertainty and anxiety. So in such a way, maybe such a person had parents who were present sometimes and then absent. And so it developed a form of anxiety. I don't know if they will show up for me or not. And so such a person will now become clingy. When they get the little attention, they want to hold on to it. If you listen to what I'm saying carefully, you can recognize that pattern in relationships. There are people like that. People like that. Anybody giving attention, they will take it. The person is abusing them, they will take it. And, you know, it seems like they don't really have, they, they don't have boundaries. And that's why if care is not taken, such a person and have lightning strike in the same place more than once regarding sexual abuse. Because you keep following foolish people. You follow them to their house. You trust him because you, you, you are craving intimacy in the wrong places. Such people are known to have low self-esteem, mental health issues, and they are also likely to always feel everybody does not like me. Everybody is talking about me. You know, and all of that. Hmm. The next I want to talk about is dismissive attachment. Or avoidant attachment. 
So whilst preoccupied attachment is overly dependent, dismissive attachment is overly independent. The parents, either both of them or one of them, was not as present as they should. And so the child learned, nobody's going to give you emotional support. Toughen up. Those are the kind of children that in their house, even as children, they couldn't cry. They couldn't express emotions that children can. You know, they're always shutting you up. Shut up. Toughen up. Why are you so soft? He's telling a child, why are you so soft? Why are you asking a child why they're so soft? Suppressing their emotions. When you suppress the emotions, you, you, you develop a beast. Come on, are you, are you with me? I want to try to finish this as often as I can, and if we need to continue some other time, I actually want to continue this another time. So the person becomes self-sufficient, often to a point of appearing detached. You become detached. They value independence <laughs> and may seem uninterested in close relationships. And may seem uninterested in close relationships. Here are some other things to watch out for. Such people avoid eye contact. Avoid eye contact. Now everybody's looking at me in the eye to prove that they're not <laughs> funny. And they are hyper fixated on personal goals, suppressing emotions, and they struggle when it comes to handling conflicts. Let me tell you some of the things that trigger such people. Number one, when you evade their personal space. <laughs> when they feel like they are not getting enough personal time or personal space, alone time, it will be as if you, you want to kill them. They will react. Number two trigger, when you demand excessive communication. There are some people, if you call them too many times in a day, you're going to have a problem with them. You text them too many times. Or maybe you're in talking stage with such a person and you're saying, you don't call, you don't call, and then they... <laughs> Some people will run away just because of that. I'm telling you from today, I mean, if you didn't know it already, you begin to recognize those patterns. And if, the, if what I'm reading is you, I'm telling you so that you can identify it, oh, this is why. And then you can begin your healing process. Say loud, amen. amen. They also run away from people who display big emotions. They will see you as clingy. When you want physical contact, intimacy, they just, they run away. They run away from codependency or clinginess. And they run away from being controlled, controlled in quotes, because sometimes it's in their mind, controlled by a partner. They run away from it. They run away from it. I wish I could go into more details. Okay, let me tell you some, some details here. So such people will avoid holding hands, sitting close, hugging, and all those things. Now, let me tell you something. Such people, are you listening to this? When relationships are about to get serious, they will likely run away. Because they are scared of commitment. As far as they are concerned, commitment is control. Commitment is control. And so guys who are dismissive, avoidant, they will come into your space with a lot of energy. 
love bump you, maybe, you know, and all of that. The moment you begin to ask, what are we? Which, by the way, you must ask as a child of God. Are you listening to me? Which, by the way, you must ask. They will manufacture quarrel. They will manufacture it. They will just become emotionally distant. They can become very vile. Say harsh things to you. And you're wondering where is all this coming from? This is why. So, not everybody ticks all these boxes, but some people, these are the tendencies. And then, many times, listen to this, if care is not taken, if they don't curb this on time, they will have many, many partners. Because they run away from deep connection to one person. They'll be flirtatious. And let me say this. If you are a lady who is dismissive avoidant, everybody who is dismissive avoidant needs to work on it, balance it. You know, but a lady who is overly independent, overly independent as a lady, You, it, it won't be easy to take care of you. Have you seen people, when you do favors for them, they want to do it back so that they won't owe you? They, they won't owe you. Because they don't want to owe anybody anything. Don't want to owe anybody anything. They don't want to ever be subservient to anybody. To owe anybody. They're likely to be emotionally distant. Hmm. Like I said, it doesn't matter which of these you fall under. There'll be something the scientists call neuroplasticity, like I said, and what that just suggests is that you can rewire your brain. You can rewire your brain. If there are any patterns you don't like, you can rewire it. Come on, say loud amen. You can. You can. You can. You can. You know, I read about lobsters and it was very interesting that the size of a lobster's brain is reflective of the victories the lobster has had in life. I, can you imagine that? And so, of course, lobsters don't have cars and fancy houses, so they struggle for their own real estate, maybe some sweet spots under some rock and all of that, and the survival of the fittest because the lobsters that have the best housing will get the best babes. And so male lobsters have to compete for that, either for the females or for the space. And listen, this is the scary thing. When a lobster loses, the brain has to die. And a smaller brain compatible with that low state in life will grow. And so, the health of the brain is literally directly proportionate to the level of its success in life. And many humans are like that. The brain might not die and we grow a new brain, but there is something about us that matches the energy of our perceived success. Even though the context here is actually not success. But I'm just telling you, you can rewire your brain. It doesn't matter. Come on, are you with me? Let me tell you something. All these patterns, some people caused it. Primary caregivers might have caused it. And so the same way the damage came, the healing can come. Come on, are you with me? Just put yourself in the midst of people who care about you. That's all. You know what? Time is fast spent. Read up on every other thing, you know, and all of that. At least you have an idea of all these things, all right? There's one of them I haven't talked about, and you can read up on it, you know. But when it comes to the healing, let me say this. Church is so powerful. Don't let anyone deceive you otherwise. The Bible says that there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Come on, are you with me? That it doesn't matter the experiences you've had in life. The Bible says that anyone 
who has lost father, come on, are you with me? Or lost mother, he says you will reap hundredfolds. Hundred that the moment you are assimilated into the right church, there are many people ready to play the role of father in your life, ready to play the role of brother, ready to play the role of sister in such a way that all the things that you have missed out of, missed out on in your biological experience, you can have that and more in the Lord. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. You know, and then I keep thanking God for a church like Celebration Church. You see, let me tell you one thing. One thing is God gave me the best people. I'm telling you, there are too many good people in Celebration Church. Listen, if I did not have any life outside Celebration Church, I would have thought everybody in the world is like that. But I've seen uh, uh, human beings day. Not beans or beans. Beans. Human beings day. You know. You see, all our pastors are good humans. Apart from anointing. Just good people. Many of the workers. Many of the people. As in, and it's just a blessing that you can have powerful, meaningful relationships. That there, there are friends that stick closer than brothers. There are people I have in my life. Eh? There is nothing family members can do for me that they cannot do. Maybe more. Maybe more. Maybe more. They will go to any length. From their heart. Ah, it's a blessing, no? blessing. The kind of testimonies I hear in church, amongst people, amongst people, you know, one day, interestingly, church had bought a car for someone and we're going to present the car, you know, and you know, dedicate it and all of that. And one lady came and said, I actually also bought a car for a church member. I was like, wow, What? And we dedicated both to, together. And now I'm thinking, someone thought, looked at the church member and said, ah, this person is doing a lot of work, doesn't have a car. I will buy it. That's the kind of church this is. Are you listening to what I'm saying? And it touched me deeply that there are some things before we hear about it, done. Now, someone is thinking, oh, Nasoibi. Shame on you. You ought to be that kind of person for others. Are you listening to me? But I'm just saying, friends that stick closer, I am telling you in the Lord, it doesn't matter the kind of dysfunction, in the right family and in the right setting, God and his power and his grace will undo everything the enemy did. Say loud, amen. undo it. People who will show up for you. You know why I'm taking my time? It's also a prophecy. In case you don't have any such person, I'm saying they are coming. They are coming. And listen, their role will be so strong, you will forget all the stuff that you've gone through, all the abuse, all the trauma. I'm telling you, God is going to restore all the years that the canker worm has stolen. Please say loud, Amen. So believe it, you know. So church is one way that God heals us. And number two, walking in the spirit. I can't talk about this enough. Listen, you know, I've been talking about this for the past three weeks because it's very important. You know what the Bible says? It mentions a lot of things that are fruit of the spirit. Mentions a lot of things that are fruit of the flesh. Different things. Fruits, all of them. Different manifestations, same operation. Come on, are you getting what I'm saying? This is a big secret. Every time I give into the flesh in any area of my life, I am feeding something that can resurface in different ways. Did you hear what I just said? So think about a tank. The water from the tank 
goes to your sink in the kitchen, goes to your wash and basin in the toilet, goes to the system in the toilet, goes to the bathroom, that same tank. So think about the flesh that way. And so, someone who is comfortable lying will soon be a thief. Have you heard a thief is a liar, a liar is a thief? Because it's the same source. It's the same source. I am telling you something. Let me say, say this. If you want to stop something in your life, maybe pornography, it will, it will surprise you. Start stopping other things that may not be giving you as much concern, but are also manifestations of the flesh. When I told you last Sunday, maybe you didn't understand because I didn't have time to explain it, that your phone addiction might be feeding your pornography addiction. Because you see, learning how to say no is a consistent behavior. If you don't know how to stop yourself from this aspect, you will struggle in other aspects. Are you getting what I'm saying now? So it manifests across board. And this is the occasion. See, behavioral science might tell you, okay, it is this. It is this type of attachment. This is the word of God. Walk in the spirit. And you shall not fulfill the laws of the flesh. Don't start manifesting funny behaviors and say, it's my attachment. <laughs> attachment called Wivoni. <laughs> I couldn't resist. Let's not lie. It's not that bad. That's an okay joke. Hallelujah. Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the laws of the flesh. Amen, somebody. And then number three. Oh, God. Listen, this was it for me. In Christ consciousness. In Christ consciousness. Do you really believe the love story of the gospel? You believe it? That scarcely for a righteous man, one will die. But God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Listen, it doesn't matter who was absent in your life. When you find the love of Christ, it changes everything. He died for me. He did for me something that biological people, biological relatives who struggle to do. He died for me. And when you find the love of Jesus, oh my God, it brings to your heart a level of vulnerability you never knew existed. Are you listening to me? Come on, are you with me? And so, in Christ consciousness, say in Christ consciousness, this was it for me. I learned to cry in the place of worship. God can touch your emotions and bring you to a depth of vulnerability you never knew existed. And that that intimacy you never had, you can have in the Lord. And through that intimacy in the Lord, it can repair you, you can comfort others with the comfort wherewith you were comforted. Are you getting what I'm saying? I'm telling you this is a sure way. A sure way. Just thank him right now. Just thank him right now. Thank him right now. Thank him right now. Healing rain is pouring down. Healing rain is pouring down. I'm not afraid. Just sing that three times. Stand to your feet. Say, Healing rain. Healing rain. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. One more time. Healing rain, healing rain, not afraid, not afraid, healing rain, healing rain is pouring out. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, it doesn't matter what the attachment style is. You are secure in the Lord. Come on. Are you with me? His love doesn't waver. It doesn't matter who disappointed you. You know what he said? 
He says, even if a suckling, um, a mother forgets a suckling child, I will never forget you. That should change your perspective and your experience. What a friend we have in Jesus. Come on, what a friend we have in Jesus. Do you trust him? Hallelujah. And so you open up your heart to his love. Open up your, you can be vulnerable with him. You can tell him anything. And then when you open up your heart, his love rushes in to every corner of your life and begins to repair you. And everything that is broken is fixed. Come on, are you with me? And he has worked on your heart to love again. He said, I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Do you believe that? That in God you have a heart of flesh. Now, the fruit of the Spirit is love. You may not have developed that proclivity biologically, but the fruit of the Spirit is. Do you have the Holy Ghost? Therefore, you can love. And you can be peaceful. And then you see, uh, the Bible tells us love is, not, is, love is kind, right? Uh, so, it doesn't matter your experience. You, you have a new attachment in the Lord. And you walk in his love and you are kind. You're not going to be the kind of spouse people will, re will regret marrying. Hallelujah. You are a blessing everywhere you go. You are not to be avoided. You are not to be tolerated. In the mighty name of Jesus. You know, whilst there are others, other people causing dysfunction in the emotional life of people, there are some who are there to give strength, to give consolation. You know what the Bible says? It says that you who are strong should strengthen those who are weak. It says if anyone is overtaken in a fault, it says we should restore. Come on, are you with me? You believe in that kind of power and that kind of restoration? Say, I know who I am. I know who I am in Christ. Hallelujah. And so listen, the final thing I'm going to say is, the Bible says lay aside every weight and every sin that does so easily beset you. Someone wisely said, not everything is a sin, but some things are weight, like your negative experiences. And it says, lay them aside. Are you ready to embrace a new path in the Lord? Say, my healing is in the Lord. And for some of you, listen, you need to say this. Say, my healing has started. Hallelujah. I, I embrace it. I embrace divine help. Come on, say, my profiting will appear to all. Thank you, Jesus. Just thank him right now. I give you 10 seconds. Thank him right now. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809 996 7,000 Blessings